today I want to talk about the victorious believer. In fact, I've been working on a composite of who this victorious believer is. But before we get to that, I remember I want to share with you a t-shirt that one of my pastor's wives wore when I was a brand new believer, and it always encouraged me. So I'm just going to share with you, maybe you've seen this t-shirt, but it said, when the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. So for those of us who need a reminder that we are in battle with an enemy who will soon be defeated forever, he's already been defeated by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there will come a time when he is destroyed forever. And we're told that in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the reason I brought that up is that I think so many times we as believers have a sin consciousness rather than a righteousness consciousness. And that righteousness consciousness that we have is knowing who we are and what we have in Jesus Christ. I'm going to read to you a scripture out of Hebrews from chapter 10, starting with verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. So he's talking about the sin consciousness that belongs to those who were under the law. But now starting in verse 5, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, so he's talking about the law, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That word sanctified is number 37 in Strong's Concordance, and it means to make holy. So that's who we are in Christ. Let's go on reading at verse 11 now. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. He's talking about under the law. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So the word there, he's talking about those of us who have believed 
and have a saving knowledge of faith through Jesus Christ. He has perfected us forever. And that is number 5048 in Strong's Concordance. The perfected word there is teleo in the Greek, and it means complete, literally accomplish, or consecrate in character, to consecrate, finish, fulfill, and make perfect. So when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it was finished. We were perfected. And you can read that in John 19, 28 through 30, when Jesus said, it is finished. He did away with the law. And now that those who believe and have faith on him, we are forever perfected by his sacrifice in Jesus Christ. So that's really great news. And we also have a part to play in this. And the reason we know that is through Paul's writings in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So Christ Jesus already did his part for me. I am perfected in him. And now I press on to lay hold of that. So brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal or the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, so the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So what Paul's saying here is that he hasn't already attained it, but he's not looking back. He's not going to look back at his past failures, his past mistakes, his past sins. He's going to keep pressing on. He's going to keep pressing on toward the calling that he has in Jesus Christ. What Jesus has already done and made us perfected, sanctified, and justified by his sacrifice and by our faith in him, then we press on and do our part. And so how do we overcome the world? We're given lots of scripture throughout the New Testament. One that comes to mind is we overcome by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the land, and we do not love our lives unto the death. And for me, that just says that, yes, we have a testimony. We have confessed Jesus Christ. We overcome by that confession, by the blood of his sacrifice, which he paid for us. We do not love our lives unto the death. In other words, it's no longer our lives that we are living. We lay down our lives. We deny ourselves and we pick up his life daily. We do all of this through his strength. So he doesn't leave us alone, even as we walk this out. In Philippians 4, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in closing, I want to read to you a composite that I've been working on through the scripture of what the victorious believer looks like so that we have an ideal of our standard. The victorious believer is one who has learned through obedience and patient diligence through trials and tribulations to transcend the cares of the world. You are a vessel of light in holiness and liberty, following the way of Jesus and abiding in his word. You have died to self, 
and you exchange it for the life of Christ daily, you are a servant leader in the body of Christ without the need for recognition, titles, or praise from men. You walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, as a son of the living God. You consistently exhibit the fruit of the spirit and manifest the gifts of the spirit for the edification of the body of Christ. Your life is marked by service, integrity, discipline, character, and humility. You walk in Christ's victorious dominion, power, and authority over all works of the enemy, including sickness and disease. You extend grace to those who are weaker in the faith, and you show no partiality. You meet the needs of all who ask of you. You have no fear. You fully trust in the Lord, and this is exemplified by your words and actions. You do not manipulate others to meet their needs. You look to God alone as your source. You love your enemies, and you pray for those who persecute you. You don't speak or even think evil about anyone, and you take up no offense. You are good stewards of God's provision. You lack nothing. You are bold in your faith, and you speak the truth in love. You do not bow to culture or tolerate sin in the name of false grace. You judge wisely. You are actively setting others free, and you embody the full gospel message with power. As described in Acts, you have overcome the world. If you stumble or make a mistake, you immediately acknowledge your mistake to God and anyone you may have inadvertently harmed, and you receive forgiveness. You know the truth, and the truth has set you free. When people look at your life, they see Jesus. So I hope that by sharing this, we have a greater picture of what that victorious believer looks like. And we are all on a journey. We are all on a journey, continually examining our lives in the light of Scripture to see areas and to listen to the Holy Spirit of those areas in our lives where we can rise higher. There's no longer a consciousness of sin, but it's more a consciousness of righteousness because we are looking at who we are in Christ And we are continually walking and pressing on toward that victorious life. I'm going to end with a prayer from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 